All right, well, hi. This is different for me. Uh, this is Will, by the way, uh, the Barbell Stories guy on the Instagram things. And this here is the Backroom Podcast with Will and Stu. And Stu is my good friend. Uh, you might know him as yks.media, also on the Instagram things. And we're trying this out. Uh, this is something that we're hoping to keep going and to have some fun with. Uh, this is going to be kind of happening sporadically and whenever we find it fun or find people that uh, actually want to talk to us. So <laughs> this is the first episode, like I said, and we talked to Spencer Arnold, the head coach of Power and Grace Performance uh, down in Georgia about his experience in the online nationals and American Open finals that happened back in early December. And we talk about the implications that it had on USAW now and the broader implications of folks qualifying for different international meets and qualifying uh, events going into Tokyo 2021 and how this frames what happens next in weightlifting uh, after this quad. Um, we also talk about a very heavy Harrison Morris and what that might look like, which was a lot of fun. And we kind of dive into a little bit of Spencer getting huge and uh, impressing his wife with his biceps. So if you're in for that, it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, anyway, this, like I said, is the first episode. And if you can think of anyone that might want to be on this or uh, people that we should reach out to to talk about their stories and things like that as it pertains to weightlifting, let us know. Uh, you can find me, like I said, at Barbell Stories. You can find Stu at yks.media. He'll be along the ride for a lot of these episodes. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's where we're at with all the things with uh, this here uh, podcast thing or whatever it's going to turn into. Uh, we didn't record an intro as it turned out, uh, when we started the conversation, uh, Spencer, Stu and I were just kind of going back and forth and catching up and uh, just sort of abruptly got into the meat of the conversation. So this serves as uh, that intro that is lacking otherwise. Uh, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy and uh, let us know what you think. And if you like this sort of thing, we'll keep it going. And if you don't like this sort of thing, we're probably going to do it anyway because it's a lot of fun and selfishly really cool to do, um, which I never thought I would think. But here we are. So without further ado, here is the first episode of the Backroom Podcast, a conversation with Spencer Arnold about all the things that has to do with competitions uh, digitally or otherwise. Uh, I hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll talk to you later. So what's up? Why am I, why y'all want me on the zoom call? Uh, so I don't really know how to do intros, um, or what I would say, but, um, basically what we want to talk about is the online nationals, um, and sort of the atmosphere that you felt at power and grace. And really that's selfishly that's because I wasn't there and I really want to know like what it felt like because seeing Stu's photos and different videos and stuff, it doesn't look like the heavy sessions that I've seen at power and grace where it's like low pressure and just chill, hanging out, lifting heavy things. It's like, you guys were getting a job done. Um, and Definitely just high kinda, pressure. Yeah, exactly. Especially for <laughs> quite a few folks. Um, but yeah, I guess that's my selfishly. That's what I want to find out here is like, what was it like for y'all in the trenches? Um, and how does that differ from how it might have been like if it were at the actual competition venue along among with all the other athletes like competing under the same roof? 
I mean, there's obvious, there's obvious things that made that complicated, right? So really steep learning curve um, for how to run an online competition with all, with everything on the line. Um, you didn't really have the opportunity to be, be bad at your job at all. Um, Cause if you were, it cost somebody something that was important. Um, and that's just the nature of our team a little bit. This competition, nobody was going in chasing medals. Nobody was really going in chasing placements. They were all chasing a specific total um, to get on a Pan Am team or move themselves into position to get on the Pan Am team. And so we, we did abandon a little bit of our like normal progression of, hey, we're going to be five to six, five or six or six for six. That's just who we are. We abandoned that a little bit, chasing big numbers. Um, and that's just, you know, that, and so that, that the pressure of the situation combined with the fact that it was this new format and there was so many opportunities to mess up that you, you had to be really on top of your game combined with the fact that in one, at one point I had one, two, three, four, five people competing at the same time in three different sessions in three different states. Um, and like I have one, I have Morgan King in one ear, Alexa Caldwell in another ear. Um, I mean, it's like, and you know, and then, and then Jordan's in front of me, Jalen and, and, and Abby and then Cece on the other side hitting massive PRs to go secure the Pan Am spot. Like all that's happening at the same time. So like figuring out what the controllables are was really hard. Like what could I control and what did I have to let somebody else control? Um, was really hard because in an in-person competition, I don't have to figure that out, you know? Um, I'm there, I'm at the table. I walk back to them warming up. There's no like, hey, you're in, you're in a barn in New York or uh, you're at Cal State <laughs> competing against somebody in front of you while your coach is in Georgia. Um, I mean, Morgan was at Cal Strength at the same place with, with Madison. Yeah. And I'm in Georgia mm-hmm. with Jordan and, and Morgan's in my ear and I'm talking to Morgan through her warmups while she's watching Madison. So I'm able to be like, hey, what's Madison have on the bar? And that helps Jordan and it helps all of us. And they don't know what Jordan has on the bar, but they know what Morgan has. So like all those uncontrollables, like I had to figure out a way to like kind of filter it to what was controllable and then manage the controllables. Um, and I got better at it as the weekend went, but that was my first big session. That was the one. I mean, I, Friday night, that's what I started with. And I was like, oh gosh, it's going to be a long weekend, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, and then as coaches started to figure it out, it got more complex when coaches realized that like, the game was really diff- was really different on Zoom. Um, so, like for instance, Shayla, they started just being a little more like deceivious, deceptive. Um, and so, like Shayla and Kaya both were supposed to be number one and number two in the snatch, like be open at number one and open at number two. And um, that we just knew that wasn't the case. Alexa was like middle of the pack on openers, and we knew she was going to be near the beginning. Um, it's like, we just, it just got more complicated because Shayla technically took the last snatch attempt of the session. And if you looked at the board at the beginning, she was supposed to be first up. And so like, there's just that much movement within the session and like trying to stay on top of that, but at the same time, coach them right there. And, um, there's just so many things that were, were moving that it was, it felt much more chaotic, um, despite the fact that. You were in your own gym. There was no spectators. Like it was calmer, but more chaotic in my mind. Um, I definitely, and Stu could probably fill in the gaps here. I definitely felt like I kind of got into like almost like video game mode. Like if you ever watch somebody playing a video game and they're just locked in and they can't hear anything and they're just like, this is the only thing that matters is this right here. Like there was some moments where I felt like, especially during the 59 session, where I felt like the like I, that the world was like kind of like out there and there was ambient noise, but all I was was like right here. Um, and so it felt, yeah, that was weird because I, I didn't feel like I was like in the event. I was just in this computer screen. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was chaotic. It was, I was, I tell, I've told this to a couple people that I think, um, biggest thing I'm thankful for is really great coaches who have been, who've like instructed and mentored me to this point, because if I didn't understand the rules of declarations and changes and understand you only get two changes, not three. And, and, and just having those rules already founded, I would have made a, bu- a bunch of mistakes early, learned the hard way at the cost of my athletes, you know, so having had that was really helpful because I was able to, I was able to get up to speed on that learning curve quick.
So I I have a question of like, did you find I guess the accelerated pace of the entire like snatch and clean and jerk with no like when your one athlete's clock ends and next athlete clock starts, there's no gap for like loaders changing weights. Was that a hindrance or was that like, I love this. This is awesome. Yeah, it was both. Um, I loved the pace because it did. I like, I love competition. I guess the reason I do this is the reason I coach is the reason I lifted. Like I love the pace. I love that. Like it was quick, fast five second decisions that could determine the whole outcome. Like you had to be on your toes. I love that. That's why I love about sports is like watching coaches make quick decisions that can determine the outcome of a game. Um, it felt very much more like the, the, the imminence of the decisions were more, was, was more important. So I loved the, I loved the pace. It was terrible for athletes who are really good. I mean, so athletes who didn't have the luxury of having other people follow them who followed themselves like CC or Jesse it was all, or, or even Shayla on clean and jerks. It was awful. Um, the like, no, I can't, I couldn't use all the rules or what I had learned about, about managing clocks to their advantage. Um, and USA weightlifting knows that. And I think if we ever saw it again, they'd find a way to make that happen. But that was, that was hard. Um, it was hard to watch CC step up to 97 kilos. And in the back of my mind, I knew like she needs another minute, you know, mm-hmm. um, 95 was hard she needs another minute. If I had all the other normal stuff, I would have given her another minute. You know, Sweet. I tried to, I tried to do that with Jesse on the zoom chat. I was like, uh, can we clean the bar? Can we platform? <laughs> radio silence. Just crickets. There's blood all over it. That's it. Radio silence. They didn't care. <laughs> so yeah, I think that, I think I, I did enjoy the, like the chaotic kind of like fast pacedness of it. Um, the the lack of rest was hard for sure yeah those sessions were moving i mean i remember i think it was nate's session and i was looking at the start list i'm like oh wow this is gonna be like at least an hour 45 minutes if not two hours and it was done in less than 90 minutes because just everything was so freaking fast and i didn't like going into the weekend i was not expecting that um, I wasn't yeah. expecting to have the sessions cut so short because of not having the, those like extra little things that you said take up time that you don't realize take up a heck of a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that cumulatively makes sessions two hours versus an hour and 15. Right. So uh, You were talking a little bit about having um, Shayla competing and Shayla and Kyle were going head to head. And Stu was yeah. talking about this the other day where um, – like their competition platform was in the middle and then you had Kai on the left and then Shayla on the right um, and kind yeah. of back and forth and then having to share the same competition bar, sort of like in competition. Um, yeah. But what was that session like to witness? Like, what was that? I mean, I guess, well, for you to coach and then Stu to witness. Yeah. Coaching it. I, I think, unfortunately it felt all too familiar. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Morgan Jordan I've just been there and it it, like at this point it's starting to become old hat um, to have girls that are in competition with each other they're also on the same team Um, it doesn't make it easier it certainly doesn't make it easier on them Um, it's hard to watch your competition warm up right next to you and watch them smash things it's I mean it's just hard if you're not having a great day and they're having a great day like that's that's just hard um and so it's a really great learning lesson for athletes to focus on them and them only and what they can control. They can't control that person over there. That is their teammate that they want to be successful. But at the same time, if you're going to try and beat them, you can't control what they're doing. You're going to control what you're doing. So um, I was just consistently trying to promote that. Like, Hey, you, you focus on your lift, what's in front of you and don't worry about what's happening over there. Um, we did the center platform that way, not because of anything um, that I felt like was like, I felt like, I didn't, the only the only benefit was anybody who was watching our Zoom couldn't see what we were warming up with, and so it was an easy way for me to ensure that the rest of the world didn't know where we were at on the bar, and so we could. That's one of the benefits is you have literally no idea what we're doing in warmups, um, and so it and that's that was it helps us. So having multiple people in a session really did help me because I could be like, okay, Lex says she's opening at seventy eight, she's really opening at eighty one. 
Um, we say 78, we're going to open at 82. So it helped me to have multiple people in the session for them. So coaching it was a little easier because we had three people in that session because um, Alexa was in that one as well. Um, but um, having them, yeah, compete and train in the same, yeah, it's just, it's a challenge. Mental focus um, as a coach being unbiased is, is always a challenge, right? Every lifter in the world would tell you they have some cycles that are really successful and some cycles are they're not as successful. Um, and, you know, Shayla was, I mean, she was cruising. She'd had a great cycle. Um, and Kaya, for whatever reason, didn't have her best one. Her best one, and when she was cruising on her best one, she, I would have put her, she would have won that. She would have won if we were at that place. Um, and so it's just like knowing that you're in the ebbs and flows of weightlifting and both of both Kaya has been in this game longer than most people on power and grace. And she understands like the ebbs and flows. Um, Shayla, this is maybe the first time in her career that she walked into a competition, like feeling really prepared. And so this will be a benchmark for her where she looks back and be like, I remember when I did like that half felt that way. And then she's going to have to deal with the ebb and the flow. Right. Then there'll be, there's when once she walks in and she's like, God, I didn't feel at all like that. Um, and so some of it's, it was just like helping them realize that like this is the ebb and flow of competition control, which you can control as a coach, not don't be biased based on whether somebody had a good training cycle or not. Um, just reminders of that. But again, I, I learned all that the hard way because I had to deal with that with Morgan and Jordan and the, and the prep for Rome. So luckily they both had really great training cycles leading into Rome. So it was a little easier. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's never going to get easier. I don't think I'm going to find myself not in that situation in any time in the near future. So might as well get used to it. it, it and to Spencer's credit too, I think it was hard, even just the, the logistics of it because Shayla's bar warm up bar was closer to like the power and grace command center hq command center <laughs> so it's like it's easier for him to see what's going on maybe right there versus kaya kaya was on the far side and also everyone that was there to support was sitting near spencer because they want to see like they want to watch the board they want to kind of like see what's going on and spencer's not walking around with a laptop everywhere so he could feel like kaya was almost yeah. alone on her side and she just had her husband with her and then me when yeah. I would float over there, whoever. And so that was, I think, difficult to, I don't know for her, but it's just, you could see there was a different dynamic. Yeah. And that's why like when it was just one person, I made sure to like take my laptop and sit next to them so that mm -hmm. I didn't feel so distant. Um, but like, I, I just, I actually just had this conversation with Abby Braswell because the, in the, in the first session, I had the 49s on the right, on the right platform, the 55 youths on the middle platform, and then the 45s on the far left. So I was actually more distant from CC than anybody. But even Abby was like, yeah, I just felt like you were far away. And I was sitting next to Jordan, probably 20 feet away. Mm -hmm. But just because like I wasn't intimately involved in her competition because I was here, um, just the distance felt like I felt, she said I felt removed. Um, mm -hmm. And she's right. I mean, she's dead on. I told her like, yeah, that's absolutely how you should have felt because I really was like distance would be a compliment to where I was. I was removed from a lot of that. And so I could understand how like the dynamics of our gym, just where we set up, it would have been, it would have been, I think maybe better if we'd set that command center up dead center, but then where do you put the competition platform and all that stuff. So yeah. just like not ideal in any way, way straight straight of imagination, you know? What did uh, command center look like? So I know uh, <laughs> power and grace, right? You have like the huge like training platforms and there's like four lanes. Uh, is it four? Okay. Five lanes. And then you have this small room that just has a bunch of jerk blocks and yeah, the jerk barbells. yeah. Um, so that was HQ. What did that, <laughs> was it just like a mess of cords and TV monitors and like, what, what did that look like? I'd moved, I put a big eight foot table in, the eight foot table had two flat screen TVs on it um, that were constantly showing feeds from whatever. And then I, I set up a jerk block to the side of that that had two computers on it. And then in between the computers I was running, I would put like their actual, like I printed out actual weightlifting cards like from a competition so I could keep track of their changes and their declarations and automatic increments and all that stuff. I could keep track of that. And so I literally had like, like, openers openers cards computers and then two flat screen tvs and so i was like i was i would be here and like watching the live feed and then look and see the lifters over here so it allowed me to be like kind of three places at once 
Um, but it, I mean, it was just a lot of technology in one space and that's kind of where everybody hung out. Right. So like everybody would put their stuff over there, sit down over there and they could watch the whole competition and also see the live feed at the same time. So it became like command center slash like hospitality room at some point, <laughs> everybody would weigh in over there. They weighed in, in that little jerk shack area. Um, and then they would just stay there and eat. So you just kind of became like hub. And then when you stepped out on the floor, that was like not hub, you were out there for business. And so, um, I, there was a nice division to it. There was a nice division to it. Yeah. I, I, I did fire off some, like, I, I kind of wish I had been a little bit separated because sometimes like I couldn't hear and I couldn't focus cause there's so much stuff. So there were a couple moments where I slid some headphones in, um, to try and stay focused, but, um, yeah, it was command center was exactly what you would expect it to be for power and grace, like weight overdone, unnecessarily equipped like yeah. that dumb stuff the setup the know. setup was funny too because like each laptop that is showing the sessions are on like two um like boxes you use for crossfit like box jumps you have yeah. extension cords running everywhere of course we have like blankets on everyone's station because it's cold and then we have and we tried space getting heaters. heaters yeah we tried getting space heaters and linking them so like every lifter had a space heater because it got pretty chilly but then the space heaters kept popping the circuit. So only certain ones would work and it didn't even work that well. But yeah, so we would like, I would get in the gym like two hours earlier and turn on four space heaters because six would blow the circuits. Turn on the four space heaters, turn on our little, you know, heater that could that's attached to the wall. Um, <laughs> and, and then like get everything set up for weigh-ins and all of that and like let the gym warm up. Everybody has like a, like an electric blanket that's on their chair. It was like, Again, just, and there was computers that we would mute, but that was the actual like spotlighted Zoom computer in front of everybody's platform. I was off to the side with a video off doing changes. It was just, I, 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 I would rather be, I was definitely overprepared, uh, but I would rather have been there than underprepared for sure. Do you think the weather affected athletes? Has anyone talked to you about that? Like, oh, it was really cold. I would have done better if it was not this way. Nobody has mentioned the weather. So I think we yeah. did a good job of making that place warm enough. Um, if we hadn't had those heaters and hadn't had the big heater going and hadn't had the electric blankets, I think it would have been a problem. Jesse's session, especially, and Taylor Lump's session, especially. It would have been cold. When you all say cold, what, what, what kind of degrees I are mean, we talking listen, about? Listen, Will, Will, we live in an <laughs> area of the world where if it's below 50 degrees, it's like uh, we're like in Siberia. And so um, it was like, it was in the it was in the like 40s and, and high 30s and that, okay, so that yeah. feels like we're that feels like we're in uh, the, the siberian tundra no for sure that is that is chilly and i mean knowing how big no excuses is and like it's hard to meet that you know yeah oh 100 percent. okay that makes a lot more sense because i was looking at it I'm like man if it's like 60 degrees right right now i'm real disappointed yeah, the no, doors okay. would have been open air, 60 degrees and sunny. Okay, yeah. But yeah. It, it was 40 degrees and dark. So yeah. we all our sessions were at night. All of them. Almost all of them were at night. I mean, Harrison, mm -hmm. I think, maybe was the only one that wasn't Harrison and Matt. So Theirs was like at 3 p.m. or something, or 5. So it's still later, but yeah. Yeah. So, and, and Matt, um, Stu and I were talking about Rite. Like, he had covid leading up into this he's a, he's a g so what can you tell me a little more about like what was going on like his preparation for this he never does he never has good prep never we have yet to have a prep that i would look back on and be like we crushed that one never never have that man he may not have a great training cycle we'll get four weeks out and something always goes wrong always my knee or my wrist or my something gets hurt or I get COVID. Um, I mean, something always goes wrong with Matt Rattay. And so if we can ever figure out how to like have an actual good prep where he's healthy and then he comes in, like he still always shows up, always. And so if we can find one where he's actually healthy coming in, it's gonna be over. I mean, I, I, I expect him to, to, to go, you know, I expect this time next year to see a 150, 190 out of Matt Rattay. Um, and and I, I'll, I have a call with him today to go overview like what's next for him. But like the 150, 190 um, this time next year puts him in, puts him in a really great spot. 
And so I, I just, he got COVID. He didn't train. Well, he got COVID. Wasn't supposed to train. He found a way to train while he had COVID. Um, and it was terrible. He should, I mean, nothing good came from it except the fact that he did actually move through a snatch and a clean and jerk, but nothing, it was nothing to write home about. I didn't really know what I was going to get when he showed up. His snatches looked good. I was worried his legs were going to be weak. So original plan was to go 135, 140, 143. Um, but he, his 140 looked so good and I was worried his legs weren't going to show up. So I went 145 to get a couple extra kilos. And luckily he made me look like a really good coach when he smashed it. Um, it was the best snatch of his day, no doubt. Um, and, and then I did, I, I literally was on the fence. I was like, did I just make the worst decision? Did I basically just screw this guy? Should we have gone 43? And then he smashed it. And then I got awkward and didn't know how to celebrate. Um, <laughs> so, um, he just makes me look like a really good coach when he does that. So he just, you know, his legs were a little shot from COVID. And so that showed up at, um, that second clean and jerk. I was really happy with how well he looked, how good he looked at 175. That was his heaviest opener ever. Both those, both, I mean, it was the PR total coming out of COVID. So like, we're disappointed he didn't make the Pan Am team, but it was PR total after co a week after COVID. I made him get two negative tests before we came down. Like, that's crazy. He looked like death when I talked to him though. Oh, really? Like before uh, he came he down? Uh, maybe 10 days before competition, he looked like death. And I, would, I didn't tell him that then, but I looked at him and I was like, oh gosh, you do not look good. You're, that is, this is not good. <laughs> You know, um, but then he came down and classic Matt Rute, always showing up. Classic. <laughs> so. Yeah. What total would he have needed to make the Pan Am team? Like how far off was he? He needed one. He needed to beat Chevy by kilo. Um, he needed a 183, 145. So it was at a, uh, what is that? Maybe that math. 45 and three, 183. I think it's what, 250 and 358? No. Oh, wait, not times. 138. 328. Was he like 328? 328. He needed a 328. So, um, because Chevy had a 327 in already. Um, and then when Chevy got hurt on his opening clean and jerk, the door was like wide open because then we didn't have to beat Chevy anymore. We weren't worried about it. Um, he just didn't have the legs for 83. We were lucky. We we took once he missed 183. We were lucky because we took him to 185 because I knew Harrison would have to go, and so that gave him a little break while Harrison went. But he still just didn't have. I mean, he didn't have the legs to make to make the the 183 a second time, or definitely not 185. Um, when he missed that jerk at 183, I knew we were in trouble. And he, I I legitimately thought I was like, man, he is he's per, like, he smashed 175. He came up with 183. Like I thought he was gonna smash that. Um, and when he missed that, I knew we were in trouble. But um, if he had made 183, there's a high chance we'd only take a third. Right. Yeah, because you already done your job. There's no At that point, point we had already done yeah. our job, and he had COVID. I don't think it would have been healthy. And 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 um, at that point, we had already taken Chevy. So, um, yeah, if he had made 183, it would probably would have called it. Maybe maybe I would have sent him to 186 and, and let the clock time out to give Harrison a little more time. Mm, smart. Now that I think about it, that's probably what I would have done. It's gone to 186 and then changed to 187 and then changed to 188 and then have Harrison start his clock. So that's probably what I would have done. How generous that would have been. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Stu is telling me, and this is something that completely spaced on, but uh, Junior Worlds was – uh, called off last year and that was supposed to be Harrison's last junior worlds right last Correct. year mm -hmm. and but now with it being rescheduled to this year Harrison has eligibility to go go but not medal oh he can go he can't set junior records he can't medal but he can use it as a qualifying event for the Olympics Cool. So it still counts as a qualifying event. He just can't. Yeah, it's still a still okay. a gold event. It allows him to get his gold event in a month ahead of time, a month earlier than Pan Am's, and it's in Saudi Arabia. So like, why wouldn't you go? Um, so yeah, but he's that's that's the plan as of now. The problem is it it's like right in direct conf like conflict with Colombia. We don't. I have no idea. Well, I'm just gonna let USA Weightlifting tell us what to do. 
with Harrison especially because he just has to show up. He has to total. And then we ride off to the sunset in the Olympics. Um, so that's, that's really and truly the biggest thing Harrison needs is a plan. Like if we can create an actual formula to have, here's the next steps for you to have, to have your best performance in the Olympics, that would be awesome. But like we live in 2020, there's no such thing as a formula plan. Soon to be 2021, but I'm sure it'll be the same sort of circumstances we got this year. Yeah. 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 Lovely. That was one thing I did want to talk to you about, because this is something I ask you every time I see you is like, what do I, what should I be looking at when it comes to like people needing to qualify and like who's making movements and stuff like that? Yeah, there's a lot, man. Um, I actually had this conversation with a couple of coaches trying, well, it was a big rigmarole to make sure that the selection camp got canceled so that we could all compete at nationals and it could work that way. Um, I was intimately involved in that. Um, glad that that, glad that that went the way that it did, that they just let them all compete as one and let the chips fall where they may. That's, I think that's weightlifting. And so I'm really glad that went down. Um, as far as like people, if you're a male in the United States and you're one of the top four, you really just got to show up and finish qualification. So total, Everybody, I mean, technically, Wes. I mean, there's there's weird there's weird scenarios where someone could jump Wes, but Wes has so many options that I don't think that's possible. Um, he, you know, it's just I don't I just don't think that I haven't spent a ton of time looking at Wes. I've looked at Harrison, which naturally had me look at CJ a little. Um, CJ and Harrison just really got to show up. Kane and Wes truly just need to show up and total something in the ballpark of what they've been totaling. Um, it should be fine. Um, on the women's side, um, there's just so many question marks, Will. I mean, um, could, could Maddie Rogers, because I, I ran the numbers, could Maddie Rogers feasibly show up and hit a couple totals at 71 or 76 and take the 76 spot from Kate? Sure, it's possible. Um, I don't think that's Amy's, I mean, if Amy and I talk, and I don't think that's her plan. Um, I think their plan is go 87, so show up, get the rugby points they need, and and go to the Olympics. Kate, you know, he's really just got to be on the lookout for that from Maddie, which I don't think, again, I don't think they're worried about. Um, it shouldn't be, in my opinion. Um, and then they just so Kate just got to show up, finish qualification, and move on. Um, Sarah, same idea. I, what I'm what's interesting with Sarah is there's two people, two countries in arbitration right now, um, Romania and Colombia. Um, if you, if they both get removed from the Olympics, so that think about Romania being removed, there goes Toma. Um, if, yeah, think about that. Um, that would be a shot to the gut. Um, but if they get removed and Colombia gets removed, then Sarah actually moves up two spots. So there's both of them. There's a Romanian and a, uh, no, no, she moves up one spot. She moves up one spot, I think. Um, because there's one of those countries ahead of her, I believe. Um, Russia as well, I think, with um, what's her name? Tatiana. Uh, Tatiana. So, I mean, Sarah's got some moving parts in front of her. It really helps Maddie. Maddie Sasser would have two people move um, from in front of her if Romania and Colombia. And so she would move from sixth on the, on the list to fourth um, on the list, which ties her with Jordan. Um, and so if she moves to, if that happens, if she, if those two countries get kicked out and, and then they're tied, she's down by about a 200 Robies to Jordan right now. Um, but she's got Pan Ams and I would put, put nothing past Maddie Sasser. Um, so she's got a route. If she goes, she does end up at, and pull off Korea. And so I don't know if she's going to Korea or not. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. I would assume she is. So if she goes to Korea and goes to Pan Ams and, replaces her third period scores with those two scores and Jordan does nothing. She could in theory pass Jordan and knock Jordan out of the Olympics. Um, Jordan's not planning to do nothing in case we're wondering. Right. Um, not. And, and I'll personally vouch for Jordan's coach that he's paying attention. Hang on. That she, that he, that I, that I'm paying attention to what she's doing. So I, the, the thing that Maddie Sasser has in her favor and, and Lucero has in their favor is that, um, they got the last lap, no matter what, they got the last lift. And so um, Jordan's job is to make it as hard as possible for Maddie Sasser to get on the team. So right. Lucera's not retired, not retired, maybe, depends. What? Wait, say it again. 
No, is Lucero, Lucero is Maddie Sasser's coach. Oh, okay. I was thinking yeah. like Lucero's coming out of retirement to like steal something. <laughs> that would be wild, though. No, like that's a what? That's yeah. What, if it, if there's a, ever a 59 kilogram lifter who is relevant to the Olympic conversation, um, that person should get a free pass to the Olympics because that class is incredibly hard. I mean, it's. I mean, think I did the math. I think they. I think a 59 would have to snatch 100 and clean a jerk like 122 to even be in the conversation this year. Yeah, like the 59 class, I feel like they can medal in the 64, the 71. And it's only going to get harder. So, like, when they <laughs> update everything and do the Robies, the next quad, it's only, it only gets harder. I mean, it, like, <laughs> Taylor Turner is seventh on our Pan Am list with the new Roby update, with the new world records when they update it for the next quad. She's 11th. Oh she doesn't even gosh. make the Pan Am team at 207. That class is, what? like, let's just run. Just run away from it. <laughs> of course, I've got, like – three lifters in it um yeah so I, that class is just incredibly hard i i think the best female lifters in the in our country have always come out of that class and um they just it's just so hard it's so hard to to be great in that class mm-hmm. so but Dude, i don't even want to go down that rabbit hole of like i was just squad. like man i have so many questions right now <laughs> this quad's not even over oh yeah yeah Write it, mark it down, guys. Mark it down. You can write this down. 50, 60, 70, 80, plus 80. You think those are going to be the new Olympic? Really? Makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So 50, you get 60, a little 70, love to the 80, little girls. You still have a plus 80. We used to have a plus 75. It's in between plus 75 and plus 87. 50, 60, 70, 80, plus 80. I thought about that. I could see that happening. It's super simple. That is so easy. It's, it's so easy. Wow. I mean, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. What would, what would you do for you? Would, Dudes, would you just go 60, 70, 80? No, you'd have to go like 60, 75. It would have to jump a little more. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Great, of course. I so Harry's, that, going, yeah. Harry's going 90? Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in favor of any situation where Harry's got to go up a weight class. <laughs> I'm sure he, he loves that. No, he's in favor of any situation where he doesn't. Where he he would love like a like a 77. Oh yeah, he, of wants, the, he wants the old 77 back because then he can beat 80 kilos and it, and technically he's overweight. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I want I want like I want him to have to be 85 kilos. So like, how do I get him to 90 kilos? Try to imagine Harrison at 90 kilos. Imagine him training about it. Stacked. Yeah. Think about him training at 90. He, good gosh. Yeah. No, that would be. It'd be like a Tashiki with a beard. (laughs) Be like a mountain man Tashiki. That's the Harrison Morris the world wants to see. Harrison Morris at 90 kilos. That's the Harrison Morris the world is begging for. Harrison, be 90 kilos. The world demands it. The world needs it. I love you. Harry. I need it. Definitely. How is how is your road to ninety? How is your road to ninety? I got really close. I got really close. Oh wait, you stopped? Yeah, I not on purpose. It just like oh. the nationals got close and things started getting crazy. I got to eighty seven kilos, and that was as beefy as I could get. I was eighty seven kilos at um, Courtney and Colin's wedding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And I look at that picture and I'm like, golly, you barely fit in that suit. You were, yeah. It was, yeah, I was looking at, I was looking at videos last night from Rome and I was like, Spencer definitely looks bigger now than he does. Yeah, I'm still a safe 84, which I was is still say, the heaviest still I've ever been. Yeah, I'm still a safe 84, but like the road to, to get to 87 to 90, yeah, I mean, it's commitment. But I got, I got till July to be 90. I said I would be 90 at the Olympics, so that's true. You just you're just giving your body a little bit of a rest. That's it. I'm gonna yeah. give it a little rest. Full load eighty four, eighty five for a little bit, and then like get back on those two thousand calorie shakes. <laughs> how much were you consuming like when you were getting close to when you were like eighty seven? Like how much food? Yeah, was- I mean like five thousand, six thousand calories a day. But I mean to be fair, two thousand of it was in one shake at night. Okay, that makes it a little. I mean, bit. I would I would get in the shower and chug this thirty six ounce shake right before I would go to bed. I would do it in the shower because if I didn't chug it fast enough, it'd get warm and that's gross. So I had to chug it. 
Um, and then, and then I would just get in bed nauseous and try to fall asleep. So I didn't throw up. <laughs> right. Wait, you drink it in the shower. So like you're in the shower, showering, drinking the shake. Is that like it. a, is that like a safety protocol? So if you have to throw up, you're just in the exactly. shower. Exactly. If I, cause I, every night I gag oh. trying to get it down. And so if I threw up, I just threw up in the shower. It's fine. But I would gag trying to get that thing down. This is does what Megan loves this. Like. Megan does actually. She she did grab my <laughs> arm one day, and this is like maybe my proudest moment as a husband. She like grabbed my arm. We were at a wedding, and she grabbed my arm. She's like, "Oh," and I was like, "I I could have I could have died right then and been happy <laughs> and died right then." She like grabbed my arm. She's like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember you were telling me about it. You're just like. Something about like my wife doesn't care how much I snatch. My wife cares about how big my arms are. Hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. She does not care. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't really care about how many medals I can win with that snatch. She just cares about um, how big <laughs> my arms are. That's right. Fair. She doesn't love that I'm able to chug two thousand calorie shakes and still look semi lean. Yeah, I was gonna say I could imagine that being a little frustrating. Cause hearing you eat five, six thousand calories, one, I'm like, I don't know if I would ever be capable of doing that. Although I used to, nowadays, I don't know if I'd be capable of doing that. Yeah. Like how? Those those. I, I work at a I work at a high school. Will every time the bell rings, if you eat something, you end up with five thousand calories. Oh, that's good. That's a good point. That's a good way to. I have a refrigerator in my office. So when the bell rings for a class period to end and that, cause I'm a weightlifting coach, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. So like I got to let them out five minutes early so they can go change. And then there's a five minutes for them to come down. And then five minutes. And I have a 15 minute window between every class period. So I can, I can consume something in 15 minutes. I feel like if you just have like meta or X bars or whatever, that are like 600 calories each. You do that. Like eat. You're there. I, I got, I had, I had to mix it up cause I get bored. So I have, I do have some, some protein bars that I'll eat. Um, I always make a, a fat free or not fat free, a full fat, like Greek yogurt with, <laughs> with granola and honey and berries. So milk. I, I, do it, I, do milk it, I do it. I do it. I mean, it's right. Yeah. It's right there. Can you see that orange tub? Oh right there? yeah, of course. There's your carbo gain. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, it's a pretty simple process, really. Milk <laughs> and carbo gain. on this. I've tried. I've tried. He would be 90 kilos and the world would love him. Yes. Harrison, I don't know if you're ever going to listen to this, but if you do, or 90 kilos, 90 kilos, just do it. Just do it. It'll be so much fun. It'll be great. So you imagine that man squatting at 90 kilos. Dude. The world needs that. The world needs that. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm agree. sure he doesn't, but I wholeheartedly agree. He definitely does not agree, but yeah. he'll go like eight or nine hours without consuming a calorie. Oh, I eat so much. So eat this huge meal and then eat this huge meal and then not eat anything the rest of the day. I'm like, That's called intermittent fasting. It's actually how you lose weight. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that one meal is like 1500 calories. Yeah. And he's like, stop. I'm so full of yeah. I'm like, but you ate 1500 calories all day. <laughs> And part of it was like a fit girl smoothie. Like, stop it. <laughs> fit girl smoothie. <laughs> he has for breakfast. Fit girl smoothie. Are you serious? Strawberries and like spinach. And a smoothie. Right. And like I've, been, I've been to his apartment and he does not have a lot of food in there. Hey, that doesn't surprise me. The key to Harrison Morris meddling at the Olympics. I'm going to say it right now, live on camera, is his food. If he would eat like an 80 kilo lifter and not a 55 kilo female, he would, he would be unbeatable. Poor Harrison just getting roasted right now. This is great. Oh, no, it's not, it's not anything I don't say to regularly in the gym. Oh no, of course. No, I know. I know. It's just great. Jordan's the one that actually came up with that term fit girl smoothie. That makes it even better. Yeah. Wow. Coming from, so coming from our 49. <laughs> right <laughs> pretty funny um yeah we have so many people with food issues in our gym it cracks me up like shayla moore like loves food loves it and and has a really good taste in food but the month out from competition she's miserable because she can't eat all the things she loves yeah it's hilarious yeah watching her instagram stories of just like 
I can have pizza in like two days. It's just like, and she had a countdown like from nationals, like ice cream and like all these different things. Yeah. I was like, man, that sounds like a great time. Yeah. I, I told her my prediction for a 60 kilo class and she was like, for it, I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause she, is she, Shayla, I'm sorry. They're 59s. Yeah. Or 55. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 59. And Kaya, and Kaya eats pretty well and stays close on her weight. So it's normally not a huge deal for her, but Shayla, she can get thick fast. Yeah. I don't, I don't give her high reps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shayla and I talked about that yesterday. She's like, this is why everyone else right now in the, in our blocks has like squat tens, squat eights, all this other stuff. And Shayla's doing like doubles. <laughs> doing triples. <laughs> That's what volume training looks like for Shayla. Triples instead of doubles. She's like, if I do anything more than this, I will be a 64 tomorrow. She would be a really great <laughs> like middle linebacker somewhere. Um, and so I just can't have her. She gets so I mean, volume. It puts, I mean, literally, I'm like, golly, you look jacked. <laughs> Yeah, her front rack would suck, but she'd be checked. Yeah, she <laughs> puts muscle on so fast. I'm like, Gah. yeah. What are we doing on time, Will? Is Zoom gonna cap us? Oh no, I've paid for the thing, so like we're good. Oh, you paid for it? Yeah, I told you I was for that was smooth sailing. Dang. Zoom does this thing where like if you don't do the pro thing, it cuts you off at 40 minutes, and I was like, yeah, I know this is gonna go well beyond 40 minutes, so I'm just gonna. Make sure that's yeah. not an issue. Yeah, no. I, I went all into when the, when we got shut down and bought and bought the like allows me to do the hundred person conference call thing. Mm-hmm. And I've been I will probably keep that for a very long time. It has been super helpful. I will legitimately send instead of FaceTime, I'll send Zoom links to people. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's more reliable than FaceTime. So I'll just zoom I'll zoom everybody together if I need to hit three or four people on a call. Yeah. It, they're a genius that should have bought their stock. Terrible. For real, yeah. Speaking of Zoom, how do you think the I thought the the technological or like getting everyone's computer to work and live stream and judging kind of worked? Oh, it was unbelievable that it worked. I mean we had no hiccups, not one. The only hiccup that happened the whole weekend was on USA Weightlifting side, not on ours. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a I bought a mesh network. And that helped. So I bought a, a mesh network that covers like our area of the gym with, with um, what's the word, like Wi-Fi that's sped up. Um, and so we covered our side of the gym with a network that we were able to connect to. And I was able to manage that connection on my phone. So if it ever looked like the Wi-Fi was slowing down, I could kick people off the internet um, or pause them. And so I had this app on my phone. So it was a moment there where it did look like it was getting a little unstable. And so I, I just kicked everybody off, including like my iPad. I kicked everything that wasn't necessary. I kicked it off. It was fine. Now I have that network at my house, which is really sweet. That is super nice. How, does that cost like a lot, the mesh thing? It was like 250 bucks, which I mean is a lot, but really for what we got. It was just a one-time 250, that's it? It connects to your normal, it connects to your normal Wi-Fi. And then it, it, it basically is a catalyst like a, a converter for your own Wi-Fi. Unbelievable. That sounds fantastic. We went from we went from like 14 megabytes per second to 144. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, this is a no-brainer. And I, I mean, and shout out to the Geek Squad at Best Buy. That was their suggestion. Because <laughs> I was gonna run, I was gonna run Ethernet cables. <laughs> I had a thousand feet of Cat5 in my car. And I was going to run and run the modem all the way to right out in front of us and then run Ethernet cables from the modem directly into computers. See, and and when you said hub and when you were talking about all, that's what I imagined. I imagined Spencer Arnold with all the Cat5 cables, just freaking spider just web. tangled in Cat5 cables. Yes, that's what we would have done. 100%. I mean, that's what we would have done. I would have right. 100% hardwired in everything. Yeah, that's what I figured you would have done. But no, this mesh thing sounds fantastic. Yeah, I was... Very happy with it. Uh, yeah, that was one thing I noticed during Nate's session is like there we had technical stops, but it was only for like the center judge. Like their Wi-Fi crashed like during the session. There was like a couple of like three or four minute tech stops. And the session was still like only an hour and 20 minutes. But like that was the only thing that no one else like ever had that issue. Um <laughs> except for people trying to take attempts with the judges telling them to stop because they couldn't see them because their cameras were like, here's my jerk. 
<laughs> it doesn't work that way. I can't see your freaking arms, man. Yeah, I would have really appreciated it if they had stopped us before we took attempts. That'd have been great. Oh, oh. The fourth attempt. Oh, it's Taylor Lump, right? So I didn't see. I only got on for the Queen and Jerks. I so I didn't like see this happening in the live stream. But what happened with Taylor? Hang on a sec. I'm gonna switch head, but I will explain that story politically correct in a second. In hindsight, it's funny what happened. But okay, there we go. Uh, yeah. I mean, they they could have done that better by their own admission. They, uh, she was set up for, she was set up for um, 90 kilo snatch, which would have been a competition, like a, not a PR, but like the best she'd hit in three years. Um, she'd never hit 90 in competition with me. It was her second attempt. So we had planned on smoking 90 and then moving up. Um, she was in a, a little bit of a hunt for a Pan Am spot and was definitely in the middle of the fight for a silver medal. Um, you know, we were, it was a high stress session. It was just her. Um, smokes 87 opener, sets up for 90. I'll count the cards just right. Everything's right. And then it says, Taylor Lump, your clock. And then her clock starts. But they never, like, never spotlighted her. So it never showed up with her video. And then the clock ticks down to 20 seconds. And I was like, Taylor, you got to take this lift. Like, we can't let it time out on us. So she sets up on the lift and smashes it. I mean, absolutely smashes 90 kilos. I was so happy um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> as soon as she drops the bar. Taylor, we missed that lift. We're sorry. You're going to have to complete that again. We'll give you a one-minute clock. And I and I, I, and turns out their Zoom froze. And so they oh. couldn't spotlight her. And I was waiting, and we couldn't – it was nothing we could do because it wasn't spotlighting, and the clock was still going. And I'm yell. I mean, yelling – I was very hot. Um, and sure enough, I was like, I was like, I said, I told, I told Taylor, I was like, you can do whatever you want. Take 90 again if you want. We're going up 93 regardless. I was hot. I threw my pen against the wall. It like made this loud banging noise against the garage door while she's in the middle of her lift. Like you want to talk about controlling the controllables. That is a, a it was a brief second there where I was not controlling the controllables. Um, I was, everything went red. I don't remember what I said. I've been reminded of some things I said that maybe weren't the most holy on the planet. Um, and I was just lucky that we were muted. Uh, so that's, uh, yep, that's, that's how it went down. Then she saved us all. She saved a really long email to Phil and potentially a flight to Colorado so I could express my grievances in person um, because she smashed 93 and saved us all the problem. So um, I did privately message Phil later like in between, in between snatch and clean and check, said, hey, if this happens again, what would you have had me do? What was that? What should I have done? He's like, well, it's like, we didn't really, that was the first time it had happened. He's like, you should have done probably, since I'm the marshal, as you probably should have waited for the spotlight, even if it didn't come, let it time out and then ask for a new one minute clock when you, we did get that repaired. So when I said there was a steep learning curve, that's the learning curve, right? That wasn't in the rules. It wasn't anywhere stated. There was no procedure for me to read to know that that's the case. They just it had to happen to somebody. And so it happened to me doing a really important lift. And um, I was able to get, like, if it had happened again, that's exactly what we would have done. We would have waited for her to be spotlighted. Then I would ask for a new one-minute clock. So I was hot, though. Was that, that'll be a funny memory maybe in a year. <laughs> it's not currently funny. I was very angry. Um, very angry. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, Stu and I were going back and forth. Um, I can't remember if it was during the weekend or just after the weekend. And he said that Spencer threw something. And I was like, <laughs> Spencer got that? Wow, something bad. Did you text me during that session? You said, How, how's it going? I think I responded in all caps. It's tense. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was hot, very hot. I, uh, yeah. I had to... I had to like goose faba and like lock it back in for cleaning jerks. Goose faba. Isn't that from what movie? Is anger that? management. Okay. Maybe? Yeah. I thought it was the anger management. <laughs> I sound like an idiot. Okay. Good. Yeah. This is anger management. Yeah. So how are they going to, how are they going to work this uh, AO1 hybrid crap? Uh, looks like it's, uh, looks like it's going to be, uh, 
very straightforward, right? If you're in person, you compete in person and there will be a live feed going at the same time and the Zoom people will merge with the in-person people. Sounds terrible. It does sound, sound terrible. <laughs> Sounds very terrible. I'm gonna do everything I can to not participate in it in any way, shape or fashion. Yeah, I was just, that was gonna be my question is like, what do you know if you're gonna take a team or if you're gonna compete online or? No reason to. There'll be a few lifters that I think need to get a total in but they'll do it hybrid from their home. I mean, there's just no reason. There's nothing that AO1 offers us. And the only thing I'll say, especially if they're, if, yeah, especially if you got to, if you're, if they keep the same rules where you're, which they haven't really announced all of these things yet. They just said, Hey, there's more details coming. Um, if, if me competing at home um, doesn't allow me to break American records or put up totals that qualify me for international events, like why would I compete at home if I, if I'm that lifter? Um, and then if the, if I got to fly all the way to Utah and it doesn't like, and it's, you're at a disadvantage if you're not at home from a strategy standpoint, right? So if I'm at home, I can watch the live feed and see what everybody's doing in the warm up room. Um, but I can keep people from seeing what I'm doing. Um, and so like, there's a strategic advantage to be at home in that scenario. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I, I hope we don't have any reason after this, like, we don't really have any reason to go. Um, the last qualifiers for next year, like the 2021 Pan Ams, 2021 Worlds, not, not the, the second after the Olympics, uh, are going to be in like June at Nationals. So why would I, why would I go chase down? Why, I'll just do a local meet. Yeah. You know, just do a local meet in April. Um, I'm probably, it's right, I think it's right on top of the weekend that Colombia is happening and right before Saudi Arabia. So like I'm not planning to be in the country. So like, yeah. I'm going to do everything I can to not send anybody to that meet. Is Columbia, is that a bronze or is that silver or what silver. is a silver? silver? Okay. Yeah, is that so the one that's supposed to happen in October, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Jordan for sure is going. Uh, Morgan for sure is going. Um, we don't really know what Harrison's going to do yet. In theory, he'll go to Saudi Arabia and not Columbia. But it's 2020. Yeah. So. Who knows? I assume you have your name in the hat for all of these and then just whichever ones actually happen, you'll end up going to those. Correct. We've got people. Korea could be a really fun meet because if Jordan, um, if Jordan goes to Pan Ams and basically locks it in there, like she wouldn't have to go to Korea. Um, and then Korea would be literally, literally be like, like the five of the 10 girls would be power and grace. Be like CC Jesse, like Rome all over again. Yeah, it would legitimately be like Rome all over again. Taylor Lump would get in if Jordan pulled out, so we'd have like a bunch of people in South Korea um, for a meet that like is just kind of fun, really, for them. So, yeah, who knows? I have no idea what next year looks like. None. I, I'm not. Even, I can't even really get my brain to think about it. Just gonna let USA Weightlifting tell me what's next. And leave it at that. What's next is Christmas. Christmas is next. That's what's next for me. <laughs> yes. So hope, hoping the Olympics happen still. Hoping there's, gosh, I just hope there's spectators. Um, that's my hope. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of these events will find a way to, at the very least, happen. And I think, I think the Olympics will have spectators. So even if it's just like people from Japan, yeah, I feel like they're going to find a way to do it. Yeah. I don't, Am I the I'm only hoping. one here who thinks this? God, how depressing. I mean, yeah. I don't want to get my hopes up either. Just you don't know what's going to happen. But yeah. Uh, Stu, did you have uh, any other like pressing questions about the weekend specifically? Pressing questions. Um, not really. I think part of part of mine was is nice to hear what Spencer was saying purely because, like, I was in the same room as him, so I'm privy to a lot of the the conversation that or I know it went on, but getting someone else's perspective because I was obviously a lot of times I was just on the opposite side of the gym. Spencer and also I've never that was my first ever like 
USAW meet. I kind of have done right. this. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I've done everything wild? backwards. Like I started, I started at like international competitions and then the meet I did after that were local ones, like the Power and Grace meet and then the one that Jordan went to. Never done like a USA weightlifting thing. So that was like the first introduction. <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to. I'm like, is this always just like, what's going on? This is your number of local meets you've been to, correct? Yes. Two? Yes. Which blows my freaking mind, by the way. I don't understand how Even that... just like from an attendance point of view. Like, right. Like attendance, like I've been to... You've been to two... I've been to two worlds. <laughs> I've oh been to God. Rome. I've been to... <laughs> like, what's going on? And not even like a U.S. like not an in-person. Well, I, I should say to be fair, I did go to I did go. This is a funny story. I've told Harry this, and he thinks I'm a weirdo. But the first meet I went to was like 2016 Youth Nationals in Georgia, <laughs> just to go because one of my Ken Caitlin's older brother wanted to go. I didn't know who Harry was. I thought he was a dork in glasses. He is. And I just saw all I know is I saw him power. I didn't know what <laughs> I was say, that changed. Here. That has <laughs> but I saw this guy with like glasses, long hair, and I was like, I didn't know what kilos were. So I saw he had like two reds and green on the side and he was power cleaning it or something. And I was like, I guess he's kind of strong. And I went to the, we ended up using the same bathroom at the same time. Like we stood next to each other, washing our hands or using a urinal or something. And then one of my friends is like, that was Harrison Morris. And I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> And that's my first ever interaction was with that's him. Hilarious. That loser? Who the heck? I that guy's good at weightlifting? And I didn't ever see him lift. I just saw him power clean 140. That's hilarious. And that was it. And I was like, this guy's a dweeb. <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm in Anaheim in 2017, and he's taking a, whatever he took, like a bronze. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And now he's playing Super Mario, bro. Well, no, that's Smash. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. There it is. Sorry. I totally know what I'm talking about. I have beat him at Super Smash. Really? That's my claim to fame. I beat him at Super Smash. So, whatever. I'm sure you could actually beat him in body weight, too. I feel like you could get heavier than him pretty easily. I don't know, man. Stu's pretty beefy already. Stu is I, pretty beefy. See, I have Harry's problem, though. I'm like, when I, did, when I competed, I was in, the, what, the 73 class. I weighed in at 71, fully clothed. Yeah. So I don't know. And, 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 and that was in one of the two local meets he attended, Will. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dude, I think I weighed more than you at that meet then. Because I weighed in. No. I'm pretty sure I weighed in at like. Uh, you competed no, in the 67 though, right? I, I was supposed to. And then I walked into the weight, uh, the like weigh-in area. And I looked at Spencer and I said, I'm going to be heavy. He's like, how much more heavy are you going to be? I'm like, I'm going to be well above 70. He's like, okay, never mind then. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I wonder what I would look like as an 81. Jacked. Very beefy. Double size oh. the biceps. And like, I think we had put it all on your legs. You, you can afford some, some size there. True. Yeah. I do have chicken legs, so. Cool. Awesome. I, uh, I mean, like I had questions, uh, they were either answered or I don't care about them anymore. So it's <laughs> <is> great. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much, Spencer. I really yeah. enjoy, uh, always talking to you. It's great. Um, and I find that I usually get way more out of the conversation than I ever hoped on, um, going into it. So you're awesome, dude. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. I, uh, I'm hoping that we can all be in the same place competing in the same location sometime soon. That would be excellent. Yeah. I need, I need, we need to get Stu his first in-person national event checked. For real. That's Hopefully. I mean, the goal, right? The goal is to qualify for 2021 nationals. We'll see. Okay. All I mean, right. Let's go. We'll see. I'm just putting that out there. I don't know if it'll his happen. His first but... in-person media coverage will be his first national event that he's competing into. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. That's what's going to happen, Will. Like what, if I know anything about the history of how you've gotten to where you are, Stuart, that's how it's going to go down. Nice. <laughs> that sounds about right. I hope you know I'll be all over that, Stu, as well. Um, oh, not sure. I'm not coaching you. I'm putting a camera in my hand. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to make Jesse coach you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to document it. Great. This would be this so much old fun. commentary. That's it. Yeah, we just need to hook like, him up to a mic. 
Yeah, yeah. Put a lav mic on me and just I'll lift with a lav in my singlet. Is that illegal? Can you do that, Spencer? No, but they don't know it's hidden well. I can hide it pretty well. Okay. Yeah, you just put it in the small of the back. You run the wire up in between, you know, the spinal erectors so you can't see it. Slide it down the strap, and it's right here. Yeah. I've had a lifter complete a lift with her AirPods in, and they didn't catch it. No kidding. <laughs> we didn't know. And she came off the stage, and I was like, yeah, that's illegal. You should take those out. <laughs> that's illegal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, awesome. I don't really know how to, like – end this either so if any of you guys have any parting words yeah traditionally you go hey where can people find you isn't that how that people end things oh yeah hey, where spencer where can people find you keep up with you know what's going on with power and grace yeah powerandgraceperformance.com we have a website it's um, moderately cool to look at um power and grace at power and grace performance instagram it's much cooler to look at all of our lifters are on it um, if you wanted to get in touch with me directly, you could email me at spencer at powerandgraceperformance.com. Make it nice and easy. Um, yeah. uh, I guess Stu, Stu, how do, uh, how do they, you know, Stu, how do we get a hold of you? You know, Stu, uh, you can find me. I'm basically just on Instagram, but it's at yks.media. Message me, DM me, comment on my photos whatever i'm on there a decent amount so tell them how beefy is yep that's it get on there and tell them how beefy is and Stu, you're you know Stu. that comes from what tv show again gosh <laughs> it's a harry potter reference oh it's a harry potter you reference. know who lord voldemort and i was like you know Stu. for whatever reason i thought it was family uh, guy i probably just hate Stu. having to explain that love you Stu. um where can I, they find you will I'm I'm at Barbell Stories on the Instagram. I'm in other places too, but I don't check them. So just Instagram at Barbell Stories for all the feels. If for all the feels, wow, yeah, thank you. That yeah, there for all the feels. Uh yeah, thank you guys so much, and this was fantastic. Party See on. you guys later. See you guys. Yeah.